0: encourages you to pursue your dreams and transform not only your life but also the planet happy monday and welcome back to a new episode of your favorite podcast i'm very very excited to share this week a new interview with you and it's something special because it's kind of a blind date (laughs) interview episode Because I'm talking to Jenny today and Jenny and I have talked several times over WhatsApp to coordinate our uh, interview for today. But except for some very few facts about Jenny, (laughs) um, I don't really know what she's going to tell us today. The only thing is that she moved to Colombia. That's what she's going to tell us about. And like about how she took the decision and got there and what she's doing. So yes, I'm very excited. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny, and thanks for taking your time. Maybe you just want to introduce yourself also.
1: Hi, Sarah, Um, and thank you for inviting me to the podcast. I'm really happy to be here. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, my name is Jenny Bachmann. I'm originally from Germany, but as Sarah said, I'm now living in Colombia. I'm living here with my husband, he's Colombian, and uh, two years ago, we emigrated to Colombia. And since I'm a marine biologist, um, this is basically what I'm doing here as well. I'm involved in the marine um, um, conservation work in Colombia.
0: Wow, so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So many uh, similarities. Well, I'm not a biologist, but I'm interested in conservation and also emigrated and... Yeah, so I'm very happy that we have the opportunity to talk today. Um, Maybe you can take us back when you, or even before you decided to move to Colombia. Um, Have you traveled to Colombia before? Or how, like, what was the first time you were there? And like, maybe you take us back a little bit into this decision process of, yeah how you got
1: to (laughs) Colombia. Sure. Um, So I guess I have to say that even when I was a child, um, I always had this um, want or this need to go abroad, to go away, to make different experiences. Um, So I've always wanted to see the world. And um, when I was a child as well, my dad lived in in the US. So I guess I always had this... um, i don't know feeling what it's like to um to travel the world and to to know different cultures and so it wasn't like a complete surprise that I um, wanted to to go abroad one day to live abroad one day and Colombia wasn't on my mind or anything it wasn't um, specifically Colombia that I wanted to go to but during my masters I met my husband and he is Colombian he had to go back because he has a job here Um, so he had to go back he had to come back after his PhD and Very soon, like even half a year within the relationship, we started to talk about it because it was the obvious elephant in the room that one day he's going to have to go back. And so I started to get to know Colombia, like read up on it. Um, We actually went here on holidays. I saw the, the country, we traveled around and I was absolutely astonished by all the nature the people the culture like the community it's just a really really nice nice people and awesome nature here in this country so I absolutely fell in love and I I don't speak Spanish well I didn't speak any Spanish before I came here so that was a big obstacle but while I was here, I, made, I had Spanish classes, I, I learned Spanish and so on. So now I really feel like I'm at home here and um, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was a really, really good decision for me.
0: Beautiful. Well, you said so many interesting things. Um, first of all, um, so that means if you met your husband in Germany, he went for an internship or something for his
1: studies to Germany. Exactly. Right? Um, so his... Did he
0: does he also study, or did he also study biology or something like and that? He's a, marine,
1: uh, he's a microbiologist, not a marine um, biologist. And I'm a marine microbiologist. So we um, met in this microbiology master that we did. And um, exactly, that's how we met.
0: Great. And then I uh, kind of well I understand how you felt probably because with us it was the same thing only that it was me that I had to go back to Germany and it was also pretty fast that we were talking about okay how do we want to um, create or do we want to create a life together and then uh, it's obvious that one has to move or okay maybe also both can move to a completely new country but um, it's very, very brave also of you that you said okay um i i'm let's get to know a completely new country completely new new culture let's take yeah take me there and then we'll see and luckily you you loved it um do you remember how you felt before you traveled the first like let's say on the on the airport before you traveled with your husband the first time there because um it was like it was not like you were going on vacations well kind of but at the same time you knew okay i'm I'm, gonna get to know the country and then i have to decide okay can i imagine living there or not
1: <laughs> yeah i know you're right it's uh, it's really interesting because i I didn't overthink it like I normally I'm an overthinker but in this case I really didn't and I just um, I just went for it I just went on the plane and I kind of had the feeling that this is right like there were no doubts or anything so I just went on the plane I went here for a holiday yes but actually that was quite funny Um, we bought our first plot of land here like in our first holiday so um, I came back from Colombia and I was like hi mom so yeah I bought a pot of land in Colombia and she's like okay and I moved there. Yeah. so that was a bit crazy but it just felt right it was the right thing um, and then it made me feel like I have a place here if that makes sense I have a place in Colombia where I knew I was gonna go to and where where we would build something and on the other hand I also have to say that I wasn't like completely happy in Germany like I've always had um, the feeling that I don't 100% belong there maybe that has also to do with my job because I always felt like as a marine biology there are so few places in in Germany where there is the sea and I just wanted to go somewhere where um, I can enjoy being at the sea where I can yeah spend more time at the sea and um, even like have the big, like the Pacific Ocean was always something that I really, really um that really fascinated me. So now I'm really glad that um I have that a little bit closer here in Colombia.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course
1: I understand.
0: <laughs> and then maybe how how did your parents react when you told them you're going to move to Colombia? Um, because, I mean, Colombia, of course, is a very biodiverse country <laughs> oh, yeah. also, but on the other hand, depending on where we live, maybe at least for us in Germany, yeah. <laughs> has a little bit yeah. Uh, a dangerous no. um, Yeah, side yeah. note.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I think my parents are very open. They both um, know that want to always known that um so they weren't like completely shocked or anything of course they are very sad my mom like every time I have to say goodbye it's it's heartbreaking it's it's difficult um it's, it's yeah also when when something happens and I'm not there that is really difficult but um on the other hand they they also see how happy I am here in Colombia how good it is for me how good it is for um yeah for my job as well and all these kind of things so they are they're okay with it they like to travel as well so they come and visit um well if corona finally (laughs) allows it um so yeah it's okay it's difficult but it's okay
0: Mm -hmm. cool and then maybe um how did you or why did you decide to become a marine biologist because i don't Living in Germany, maybe it's not the first thing you think about when you think about what you could study. So maybe I don't know. Um, have you? I mean, you said you always had a um, a passion for the ocean, and and you were always curious about getting to know new places. But still, that would like I I'm the same, and I didn't uh, study. Unfortunately, <laughs> marine. <laughs> um biology so mm,
1: yeah i guess it all started when i was a child um i was thinking about that recently because i'm also doing meditations now or teaching meditations now and um for me being like as a child well my parents both have very stressful jobs and um when when we went on holidays they were relaxed like all the atmosphere was really harmonic like really calm we were happy um being by the sea so we always went like oh most of the time went um on holidays by the sea and I think that I had this connection that by the sea everything is calm and good and, and peaceful and so on mm. So that was like one, you know, sometimes you always or sometimes you want to um, see what is the goal behind the goal, like the feeling that you want to reach when you when you reach a goal. And I guess that was really the feeling that I was going for when I said I wanted to be a marine biology. I wanted this calmness. I wanted this this peace. And um, yeah, so that's why um, I think that was like the initial connection that I had with marine biology. And then I just got really, really interested in oceans, in all the animals like dolphins, um, whales, everything, um, that I, that you can imagine. I just watched all the documentaries. I volunteered for, um, uh, magazines like diving magazines, um, I did my my diving um certificates and so on, so I spent as much time as I could under the water or at least working with marine animals or or the ocean and that's how i I realized after a while that I'm really interested in all of these things um, and then i I decided to do my bachelor um in marine biology that was in the UK actually I um, went to Swansea to do my my bachelor in marine biology and then I have to say I got a bit scared (laughs) and um, because I what I then always wanted to do was work with marine mammals so with dolphins that was my biggest dream since I was a child Mm. And but then after my bachelor, I got scared because I saw how many people are unemployed who want to work with dolphins. I guess that's like every girl's or a lot of um, girl's dreams. And I saw how many people are unemployed and that um, marine mammal master was very expensive. So I decided to go a different path. I went um, and did um, a master in marine microbiology and that's where I met my husband. So it was, wasn't the wrong choice. I can't say that, but, um, I do regret not having done that master because I like after my master in microbiology, I realized that this is not for me. Um, and I want to go back to working with marine mammals and I still did a PhD in marine microbiology, but it was tough and it was really um, difficult and so when I came to Colombia that was that was like a new start for me and I just decided okay I'm here I'm gonna find a way to work with marine mammals because that's what I've always wanted to do and that's how I got involved in the in the organization that I'm working for right now.
0: Wow, listening to all of that almost, or maybe it was like that, but sounds like you spent more uh, time outside of Germany than actually in Germany, like doing your (laughs) studies in England and then doing the volunteer work and all of that. Um, Maybe um, before talking about what you're actually working for right now, um, can you tell me a little bit more about the volunteer uh, work you did? I think it's really cool that you like had this goal um, that you were thriving for and then like looking for ways of how to get involved more into like, I don't know, like dolphin research and all of that. But I don't think a lot of people do that. Like maybe a lot of people have a goal and then either think, okay, I'm going to reach it one day or... I will never reach it, but like, you know, stop on the way. And I love how you like looked for ways of little by little getting more involved in that and and doing what you love. So yeah, maybe tell us a little bit more about that. And maybe you also have some... um, yeah, some tips for, for other... I mean, it doesn't have to be that everyone needs, wants to work with dolphins, mm-hmm. but, you know, tips yeah. that they, yeah. the people can apply.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I never thought about it that way, but I always found, like, little by little, it went in the right direction. So what I just did is um, during... Well, I went to school and um, I realized that I needed um, to finish the studies in order to be able to study marine biology. Even though some things were really boring at school, I just you know, did my best to to get through it. And um, I always had this vision that one day I would study marine biology. And then um, after my, after the Abitur, I um, wanted to get more involved in diving and um, because I never knew like, whether it's going to work out with having a degree in marine biology. So I wanted also like a backup plan. I'm a bit of a (laughs) safety person as well. so I thought okay why not do like a dive master or something like that so that I can work with um, um, as a dive guide or something like that so I went ahead and um, uh, did a how do you call it Um, yeah an internship at a diving station in Greece that was 10 weeks and I learned to, um, how to do the diving equipment, how to guide the people like underwater and so on and um yeah so that was really fun and afterwards I decided um, well obviously I always had to work in between so I, I went home then I worked for um, a clothes store, I worked in a bakery, like all these kind of things. Then I again saved some money and then went to the next um, adventure. And the next one, for example, was in Hamburg and for a diving magazine then where I could start to write about these things. And these were all the experience I, I did before going into, into the studies, into the um, to doing my bachelor. And I think that is like pretty open for for people who who are interesting in these kind of things because for the dive if you want to do um a dive master for example there well that's a petty qualification and there are different steps like the first one is getting to know how to dive then the next one is an advanced diver then you are a rescue diver and then um, you can do your dive master and yes all these things they cost a lot but if you find a diving station that hosts you or that gives you the opportunity to volunteer there for for a while you can stay there for some months um, it may be like an exchange you work for them and in exchange you get your qualifications Um, so but yeah exactly but you have to be like you have to find the right um, diving center as well but um, that is one option to get like more into the marine world Um, the second option uh, is for example working for magazines um, volunteering for magazines that's what I did afterwards if you're interested in writing and so on then that could be something um, to go for And then once I had my degree, um, but I don't think it's necessary, but there are a lot of volunteering works, for example, with marine mammals that um, do require a PhD uh, degree. And then you can go with them on the boat, um, record the data, like what they do and so on. But there are also options um but then they cost um if you don't have a degree and you want to volunteer for example in Italy I um did a volunteering for for a while and they go out um cons- um observe the marine mammals what they have there they um then conserve them and they always take tourists, but you can help them on the boat. And um, that that does cost a little bit, but it's a really good chance to get involved or, or see how um, marine mammal conservation works and you can get hands on experience even if you don't have a degree. So that is another option.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. And wasn't it hard to like, let's say, leave the adventures a little bit behind and start like with your with your studies? Like, I don't know, or did you also travel meanwhile, you were studying? um, Um,
1: Sorry, can you say that again? Sorry. (laughs)
0: Like, wasn't it hard to like, I mean, you had a pretty cool life. You were working a little bit, then you were having the next adventure or even working during, I don't know, being in Italy or in Greece. Um, And wasn't it a hard decision then like to leave this behind because you could have gone on like that for, for longer. Of course, you wouldn't have like... Okay. At the end
1: what you wanted yeah i guess i yeah that's that was a cool life but it's not what i wanted i um i always imagined myself having like maybe or being responsible for some sort of marine mammal um, conservation job like having maybe a higher position let's say where i can also make decisions because that's what i really wanted to do to be responsible not just the person who carries out the things which is great and i love i love being in the field all of that is really fun but I also wanted to be involved in making decisions and being like um, responsible for for maybe my own project or something like that that's why I, I realized that it, it makes sense to go back to study because I always had this goal mm-hmm.
0: great and then how did you find at the end the job in Colombia because I mean you said before you, you didn't really I mean you took some lessons but of course you wouldn't speak that fluent in Spanish or maybe it wasn't uh, necessary maybe English was enough but in general I mean from my own experience I know it sounds always cool you know I moved to Colombia or moved to Costa Rica uh, but it's kind of it's still even though you want it and it's a conscious decision uh, you need to get a little bit to know more the culture and to get into your own routine and all of that and Um, So how did you make your way to to the job you do now?
1: Um, It was difficult. The first year was actually difficult for me. I have to admit that because... um, I didn't, like, I had so many things that I wanted to do and everything went so slowly. I just couldn't get there. I didn't, my my Spanish wasn't good enough. Um, I always had to ask my husband for everything. Like, even just going to the bank and opening a bank account, I just couldn't do it by myself. And I was dependent on when he wasn't working. And, ah, it was difficult. It was really, really difficult. Um, but... Okay. And the job that I'm doing, well, no, little by little, it just, um, it got better. I learned the language better. I, um, I made friends. It obviously helped that my husband already has friends here because he always brought his friends along and, and I just got on really well with them. But these were like the basics that I really needed to feel at home here. And, um, then I guess it also helped that we found our dogs they were stray dogs on the street so we we picked them up we um so we had like little projects here and there and um that really helped me start to feel more at home here and um then with my job it all like the way it happened was I one day just saw something on Facebook like an advertisement or something and It was actually in English, so I I just replied that, um, oh yeah, and they said they were a really new organization, uh, that they wanted to start working um, in Colombia, and that they are looking for for a marketing um, coordinator, and I wrote to them, I was like, well, I don't really have the marketing experience, (laughs) but um, I'd love to work for this organization, and Then we had the interview and it all just worked out. Um, I um, have to say that it's a volunteering position, so it's not my actual job um, because the organization is still really young. We are all volunteering there at the moment, but we're trying to build up the the projects and everything that we do here in Colombia at the moment.
0: And then, what is it? What is it that you do? Like, maybe I don't know. Is it? Um do you go out there I mean I'm following your Instagram um, which I actually also going to link in the show notes because it's really interesting and you're always posting when you're <laughs> out on the boats and like watching the dolphins yes. and all of but is, is that what you do every no. day or is it week wise or or how does it work um, yeah so and actually sorry what, what's the goal actually behind all <laughs> of that of yeah, course sure.
1: <laughs> um, so with the organization I've been working there for a year now and um, at the beginning beginning we started to um, grow the organization and um lay the the basics basically and then um, i last year as well i went to choco which is at the pacific coast in Colombia, and um, it's a beautiful place it's really remote so the only way to get there is by plane and or by boat Um, but it's um still it's not an island so it's on the main um mainland and they um have a huge biodiversity actually it's um i don't know if uh, you know sylvia Earle. she's like one of the biggest um most well known um, (laughs) marine biologists and she recently went there and she designated it a hope spot because it's so important for for global um ecosystems and um
0: Maybe you just cl- quickly want to tell the people who do not know what a hope
1: spot. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> um, what... yeah, sure. It's um, so. Hope spot is a marine area that is especially important for global conservation for marine ecosystem functioning. Um, so it's basically a very important region that should be conserved um, because it's so special. And yes, yeah, so this region there it's called the Gulf of Gulf of Tribuga. And that has um, been designated a hope spot. And um, I went there in in August last year and I just absolutely fell in love with the, with the biodiversity there because they have in this time, especially humpback whales traveling to the region. And you just like you stand in front of the sea and you see i don't know hundreds of whales jumping and um yeah doing all their their things it's really really nice um absolutely amazing so when i was there i i said to myself oh i need to find a way to work with this biodiversity here because um well it it's a former conflict region in colombia so earlier um it was difficult to go there for scientists but now with like the peace process and everything it's more more safe to go there And that's why science is only just picking up now. So um, obviously, as this region is becoming more known as well in tourism and um, also scientifically, we have to make sure that all the activities that that are carried out there that they are done so in a sustainable manner so that we can conserve this this region and the biodiversity there and i wanted to get involved in that and when i then saw the the advertisement for this job i was really happy that they wanted to do the same thing so i got involved at the beginning we started to to grow the foundation. And after a while, um, so my my boss is working with humpback whales there. Um, And after a while I suggested that I would like to work with the dolphins because no one is doing anything there about the dolphins. No, they all know they are there. Um, The fishermen especially, they see them when they go out and look for the tuna. But otherwise, there's not a lot known. So hardly any studies has been have been carried out there. And that's what we want to do. Um, now it's really difficult. I guess that's always the same thing in marine conservation, to find fu- uh, funding and to get the money to actually do these things because they all cost, um, like even when you do it, as low tech as possible. You still need a little bit of money to get started. And um, the way that we decided we would go about this project is um, because I don't live there, and as I told you, it's quite remote. Um, so we decided to work with fishermen there because they go out every day anyway. They go out, they know the dolphins, they actually can identify all the different species, and we just need a way to for them to record the presence and where they, where they find them. So one idea is to buy them some GPS, um, like small GPS uh, devices, And then when they meet, when they see dolphins, while they're out fishing, they can um, tag it like the GPS um, position. So that will give us some basic data. The other possibility that we also um, started this, no, last year was um, a community science project. So we are teaching the community that lives there um, to, um, to carry out the scientific data collection. And um, therefore, we're working with three fishermen who live there. And whenever we have the funding, they go out and do like a zigzag pattern, like transects, that's called. And then they record. So that's like a more random um, to look for the distribution of the animals and so on. That's more random because you have like a a scientifically designed um, transect line. And when they encounter the dolphins along these transects line, they will record it. And they will also like record a lot more data, for example, how many animals, if there are calves there, because there is a hypothesis that it, the gulf could actually serve as, um, as a reproductive area for the, the dolphins as well. Um, what are they doing so we're just like recording the basic data at the moment about these dolphins to um, see why they are using the gulf what they are doing there and if we know that for example if they are feeding there all the time um, and in a specific area because the gulf is big maybe they i don't know only feed in the south or something and if we have this data then we can then we can work with it to better understand how we can design a conservation um, plan that these dolphins are protected in this, in this gulf. So that is the ultimate goal. Sorry, that oh, was long. So much information. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, very, very interesting, really. Um, Do you see any conflicts between the fishermen and the dolphins? Um, And I mean, do they... I guess they are only allowed to use
1: specific fishing methods, um, right? Yeah, so they are doing um, very, very um, low-tech fishing, let's say. They're using artisanal fishing methods. Um, And so when we were on the boat... They literally just, like, put their... um, Now I don't know the English terms for that, but (laughs) basically (laughs) they took out one fish and we had that for lunch. So it's very um, conservative what they do. It's very... Exactly. And that is actually also something that our organization wants to establish, like a sustainable fishing um, collaboration with these guys there so that they get certified that they're doing sustainable fishing methods, because I don't know many regions in the world where it's still done in this way. And it's something that is very important to, to conserve as well, because then... The fishermen will fight also for their region um, and don't let the big um, the big guys in and um, take out all the fish at the same time. Yeah. And no, there are no conflicts between them and the, the dolphins, at least from what I've seen for now.
0: Okay, cool. Um, do you feel like the fishermen are actually open and like interested in getting involved with the organization
1: yes. and cooperate? Uh, mm-hmm. co- yes, yes, they are really. Those three okay. guys that we're working with in the community science program, they are really um, excited about it. They, yeah, I don't know, they were really happy to be involved. Um, and I always like when we were out as well like it seemed like they, they kind of go to the same restaurants or like places to have lunch um, and there were also other fishermen and when we were talking about the project that we're doing they were like oh that's really interesting we also saw dolphins there and there and it's like oh, okay so these guys really they first of all know what they're doing and I think they could be a really great asset for our conservation work.
0: I think it's super, super important because it could also be the other way around, like that they feel like hey, you are, the, I don't know, you are the enemies kind of because, you know, but apart from, yeah, it's just amazing and very intelligent that you try to get involved with the fishermen because um, they will also pass it on to, yeah, like you said, the community, their children. And so all those people that live on the coast will grow up with the understanding of marine mammals. And, exactly. And that will help a lot in the conservation. conservation. Yeah. Cool. Um, another topic, I don't know, I'd like to know your opinion uh, about how you feel. I don't know if you've, I mean, for sure, if you've watched Seaspiracy <laughs> or all of that kind of documentations. Um, when I watch it I always feel like or no matter if I watch documentations or watch videos or or pictures um, on social media often I feel like overwhelmed by this sadness and the not understanding of how we as humans do treat this planet and all those animals um, that unresponsible way and um, yeah just don't understand how everything is an ecosystem, and then how much damage we are causing on the planet. Um, you are like on the first front, let's say, <laughs> doing the the conservation. Um, how do you like? Do you feel the same sometimes, or do you feel like okay, I'm doing what I'm doing in order to help, but like I'm doing my best, and and the rest is is like it is, and we are trying to change it. Or, or do you also know this feeling of being overwhelmed and? feel like maybe okay no matter what I do I don't know if it really helps
1: in a big scale so um I think that was all like a really long process for me because I was so interested already as a child or as a um just growing up as an adolescent um I I do remember going through all these really difficult emotions and being so sad about like, what I hear, and, and it, it broke my heart, like, seeing all these pictures, and it still does, but on, um, somehow, I I got really inspired by people, for example, like Sylvia Earle, and um, I, I really think we still have the chance to turn things around, and, and I'm not the kind of person, I understand everyone who's sad about that, but I'm not the kind of person who who wants to drown in their own sorrows. I, I'd rather just, like, get out there and start doing stuff, and helping and doing as much as I can. And obviously no one can save the world by themselves. We all have to do it together. But I think if everyone does a little bit, um, we can make it. And um, I really like this idea of having hope spots, for example. I I think that's so cool because there is hope. There is the possibility to still turn things around. And we just have to conserve uh, marine environments and... um, strategic about it as well like which ones are really really important to be conserved um because i think it would be awesome to conserve all ecosystems all over the world but that's not very realistic but have really a good strategic plan of what we can do or what we can achieve and um, then i think it's there is still hope and that's what i like to to hold on to and and to work with
0: Yeah, very inspiring. (laughs) Another thing that you said in the introduction um, is that since a few years you are meditating also. And um, for me, it's like super interesting as I'm meditating also, but I love like your yeah like um you on the one hand you're you're like meditation teacher and meditating yourself on the other hand on the other hand you were a marine biologist so maybe tell us about how you started with meditation and also if you see a way of combining those things
1: um it has to do with your last question um because i realized that um well, it's important to let people know about the problems that we have in our oceans, yes, and um, we need to create awareness and so on. But I also see a lot of people who already have the awareness and then don't know what to do with it and they not know how to integrate it into their everyday life because they are overwhelmed by all the bad news, like all the things they shouldn't eat, they shouldn't do, they... All these kind of things and at some point a lot of I've seen a lot of people who say well I don't know what to do anymore so I just do whatever you know I just do it anyway because I don't know like how what I can do and um that's when I realized that meditation really helps me because it on the one hand um through that meditation I realized again that but on a more deeper level than just knowing like um Knowing it in my head, I actually felt it like how we are connected with everything in this world, with all the animals, with all, with nature, and so on, that we are connected. And on the other hand, I also realized that when I'm stressed, I make bad decisions because I don't have the time. I maybe, I don't know. When I when I have time, I take the bike to the to the supermarket. But when I'm stressed, I'm like, oh, it has to go quick, so I'm taking the car. I I buy whatever I find, you know. I don't make these these good choices, let's say. Um, so I realized that my state of mind also has a lot to do with with that. So when I'm relaxed, when I'm when I'm mindful, I'm making better choices, and that's how I think as well meditation or or a mindful living can impact um, sustainability as well so that's why i like this combination of the two things and it also goes back to me being like when i was a child me being at the sea and feeling relaxed and so on i i do think that the ocean has this um impact on us that it relaxes us that the waves the the sounds like the smell all these kind of things they they can relax us and so it's a I guess like a two-way street we when we meditate when we are mindful we help the nature we can we can be more mindful about our decisions and on the other hand the sea can also give us peace and relaxation and so on so I think those two things go together well, even though it might be a bit abstract at the beginning, but I like the combination of those two things.
0: <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I guess almost, I don't know anybody who's at the sea and who does not feel yeah. calm uh, directly or I mean, the the, the ocean is just magic, a magical place apart from that we know very little still. Um, so yeah, yeah. beautiful. I'm so glad that, um, yeah, you took time and talked to me. And um, is there a way that people can, if they would want to, get to know more about you or about what you do how they can um
1: connect so with my organized with the organization that i'm working for um we are on social media we are um called at reoceancom so um R-E Ocean. and um with my own but it's in German with my own account, with a meditations account, where I also post about what we do in our organization, but mostly about the Dolphin Project. Um, that's called Meditation und mehr. The name
0: is actually so cool that i told my that i told israel already three times by the way it's called meditation and mayor <laughs> for everyone who's not talking speaking german mayor uh depending on how you write it is is either more like meditation more or meditation and ocean exactly <laughs> so yeah perfect name thanks um yeah i'll put the <laughs> put all the infos on the show notes Thank you. and <laughs> I enjoyed really much talking to you and I wish we will meet someday. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're very welcome to come visit us in Costa Rica. I guess you will also enjoy it here. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll come uh, to Colombia one day. You yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> we'll be very... I've never been to Colombia or in general to the South of America, but... Um, Yeah, and I mean, going out with you maybe to see uh, dolphins and see what you're doing actually. um, No, you're very
1: welcome to join us, to come and visit us and (laughs) to come on the boat with us. That would be amazing.
0: Thank you so much. Actually, before we um, before we stop recording, is there a way that people can help somehow to grow the organization more? Like, um, do you need funds mm-hmm. or anything yes, like
1: we that? Yes, um, we are always grateful for any support. So it's possible to support us um, with donations. It's possible to buy, for example, a dolphin um, how is it called in english dolphin adaptation like a humpback whale adaptation like these kind of things so you can adopt yeah you can adopt a sea turtle a humpback whale or a dolphin and that um, goes directly into the projects that we're doing there um, and you can also volunteer with us so we're also accepting volunteers for the field and um, then people can come in the field and work with us mm mm-hmm. Cool. But that's, all on, our, very, very, very <laughs> that's all on our website and social media and so on, so people can get in contact.
0: Yeah, whenever you send me all the information, I will put it in the show notes and then the people, I'm pretty sure they are very interesting and getting to know more. And yeah, thank you so, so much thank again you. for your it time. It was really fun. <laughs>
1: really <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah.
0: You're very welcome. <laughs> And yes, sadly, this episode is over again for this week. I wish, yeah, I could talk forever on with you, but I think it's it's enough um, information for all the people listening. And we would really appreciate, as always, if you leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And if you have any feedback or questions to the episode, either write directly to Jenny or um, to us on Instagram or via the team.positiveglobalimpact at gmail.com email and yeah please don't forget to share this episode with your family and with your friends with everyone you know who is already interested in marine conservation and or meditation um, or who you think that should be more interested in <laughs> and then we'll talk to each other next week <laughs> Pura vida, stay green